Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, We are here at our new home and with a big live audience. So great to see you guys here. You can clap. So if you're watching, we're glad that you're with us, too. We just got a a few announcements, and then we are going to jump in to the Hanleys, as they've been doing each week, leading us worship and so we're thankful for them a few things going on right now one is uh, connection groups are starting this week you're going to get an email today to let you know what night you're officially on we have wednesday night thursday night uh, group we're uh, getting the locations nailed down this weekend and then uh, we're going to be launching eight weeks we're going to be going so i think it's the first week in november is when we'll stop and we're going to do a new format so it's kind of cool where uh, the elders are going to kind of be leading us uh, and they're going to be larger groups of about um, 18 to 25. And then uh, we'll break down from there. And so it's going to be a little bit different vibe, but it's going to be the same discussion, support, prayer time. And so if you haven't signed up, go online, get it done. We're starting this week and we're looking forward to it. The other thing we're doing is we're starting off not just connecting as a church, but we're on a mission. And so part of that is uh, just being a light in our community. And so we didn't want to just start gathering. We want to start moving too. So as you guys know, in the past, we've helped with um, this. Uh, it's a ministry. There's Christians involved, but it's not necessarily a Christian ministry. It's called SWAG. Laura Lee has really helped us with that connection. Do you want to come up here and give the details on that, Laura Lee? Or are you shaking me off like, no, you're not? Okay, all right. So uh, everybody welcome Laura Lee. All right, so one of the things as we regather, we're going to have to relearn how to clap. Like you guys are doing like clapping like we're part of a, like a, it's a golf tournament. So, Laura Lee, everybody, glad that. Got some whoops, we went, all right, there we go. All right, so come on over here, just so the microphone's set for you. Um, so why don't you, first of all, explain a little bit about what SWAG is, so we're all kind of on the same page. Okay. So SWAG, thank you, SWAG is um, a homeless outreach um, organization, and so they go out into the streets, and they're kind of the middleman, and they really, walk alongside the homeless to get them um, into their forever homes. They will stay in the hospital with them if they need to. Um, they will just, I mean, because a lot of times the homeless, they don't want to sit there and wait on the phone to talk to somebody. They don't want to wait in line. Um, so they'll have um, like a social worker come and help them throughout that whole process. So they're kind of just the middleman um, and they're not afraid to go in and, you know, get their hands dirty and say hello. and. Um, they go down into like the tunnels. Um, they just recently opened up two homes, um, and they also go in with um, like a paramedic or sometimes then a nurse practitioner. And so, because sometimes they won't want to leave their stuff, and so they'll get like infections, and but they don't want to go to the doctors because they're afraid they're going to lose all their stuff. So they'll go in there and treat them and help them. And, um, so yeah, this is why we like swag. Is they're they're truly helping uh, people that are uh, that are homeless. And there's a variety of, uh, of reasons why people are homeless. It could be mental health. It could be down and out on their luck. It could be other things. And they really do it uh, wisely. And so uh, it's a great way for us to be salt and light that the Bible calls us to be. So how can our church right now, how are we going to kind of jump in and help? What are the details of that? Um, so winter's coming and um, they need some clothes. So we're looking for new or gently used um, jackets, sweaters, and beanies. We are also looking for 
brand new socks and underwear. Not used. Yes, please make sure those things are new. Write that down. <laughs> um, and so you can either drop it off here, um, and I'll have a donation box. You can also email me at lauralee at gotoaccesschurch.com, and I can arrange a porch pickup. I've also created um, an Amazon wish list. If you don't want to go out and shop, um, you can go onto our Facebook page, click on the Amazon wish list, um, and buy whatever you want, and it'll be sent directly to my house, and I will get it to flag. Sound good? Yeah. All right, so that's the plan. So we're looking forward to it. All right, let's pray. Hanley's, you're going to come up. And you're going to make us cry and sing and laugh and just do all those kinds of things. So, Jesus, thank you so much. Um, just that, uh, the giftedness that you've given in our church from worship to people organizing, to people ministering, to people praying. And we're, this is why we're excited to get back together. Uh, it's the friendships, it's the relationships. It's the opportunity to strengthen each other, God. And most of all, um, just to celebrate who you are, that you love us, that you're for us, you're not against us, and that we need to be reminded of that. And also, we want to exemplify that to each other. And so we, with grateful hearts, we just worship you now. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey, um, also to let you know, if you are a youth, you're a youngin, let's say you're under 18, uh, we are going to get some youth stuff going here soon, so you don't have to listen to the old man. And uh, we're going to get that started. So uh, just a heads up, the youth will be doing their own wild and crazy stuff. So that'll be happening in a few weeks. Um, as we get started here, we're going to be going through a new series as we look at a new chapter for our church. This fall, we're focusing on the book of John, the gospel of John, the good news. And uh, we're going to be cruising through that. So if you want to start reading through John and kind of uh, just getting ready for that, we're going to be doing that this fall. And we're kind of kicking it off today, introducing it uh, today. So let me pray and we'll jump in. Jesus, thank you so much uh, that we don't have to guess who you are, that you make it very clear. And if we understand who you are, then we understand who we are. And so we can understand uh, why we're created. Why are we even here? The purpose within that. And we can also um, find confidence in what it means to live life and to have life. And, uh, and so God, I pray that this time as we look at John and what he wrote about you, Jesus, I just ask that it would draw us close to you. We wouldn't just get information about you, but we would really understand the heart of God and what you desire. Praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, we, uh, it's kind of cool, this setting. Like, I, I feel very much as we're going through the life of Jesus, like, this is what he would be doing. Like, we have a tree right here. Like, he preached under trees. Um, animals were running around. We got, we don't have animals. We have airplanes flying over. Um, we got little kids. If you're watching online, you might see some kid just running behind me and uh, chasing other kids. I think that's how it was back then. They didn't have children's ministry. It was loud. It was crazy. It was wild. And uh, that's the way it's going to be for a little bit. So I, I kind of like that. Um, we're going to be going through, though, uh, we're calling it Up Close and Personal. That's the name of the series, Up Close and Personal with Jesus. And as a church, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of draw into the center of our faith and making sure that we don't have all kinds of presumptions about God. I don't know if you've met people that they just kind of assume things about God or the Bible, right? Well, doesn't the Bible say this? And you're like, no, it doesn't say that at all. But we have these presumptions, right? And that can, that can really shape the way we live, or the, the shape the way we view God, shape the way we view church, shape the way we view Christians. And so we want to hear from the source. And that's what we're doing today. We, we want to draw and let Jesus speak for Jesus, let God speak for God. And getting up close and personal is important, right? And we see that as far as um, just in a lot of variety of ways, right? You can have kind of a faraway view of certain things, 
Uh, we see this especially, I've been watching a lot of like these natural, sometimes I'll go on YouTube, watch natural disasters. I don't know why, but like watching tornadoes or watching you know, with the fires going on and you're just kind of drawn in. You're like, oh my gosh, they're so huge and it's massive. And, and sometimes I'll just watch like big wave surfing. Like who would, who would do that? And uh, I remember one, uh, I was watching this big wave surfer and he had the, the camera on uh, the helmet. He was wearing a helmet. And you think of a wave in a certain way and all of a sudden you could hear him and you see him going down the wave and the bumps and how scary it is. And then the camera turns and he's looking at this about 40, 50 foot wall. And you don't get like just describing it, but when you're there in person, you're up close and personal, like a 40 to 50 foot wave. Like the fear is different, right? You feel different and all that kind of stuff. Same thing like with the, the tornadoes. It's always crazy, the crazy people are the tornado chasers. Like who chases something that's, that's whirling at 200 miles an hour? Like who does that? But you see like it, they draw you in and they get close. This one I was watching, the tornado actually went over and they got too close and they put the things out and then you hear the screaming like, no, 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 no. And you hear everything hitting. Have you watched those? And, and I noticed myself like I'm tense. I'm not there, but I'm tense. I'm like clenching. I'm like, no. And I'm, I'm starting to talk to the camera like, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. The tornado comes over, moves the car, doesn't flip it over, moves the car, and I'm sweating. Why? Up close and personal. You don't just know about it, you experience and you feel it. Some of us have that view of God. He's from afar. Oh yeah, I kind of know what God is, and he's, he's kind of out there, and doesn't really impact our life. But we want to draw in because it, it impacts our emotions, it impacts our experience, and God doesn't want you just to know about him. He wants you to experience him. Do we understand that? God wants you to experience him. And we experience him through these people that had an eyewitness testimony. They were close. And if you really want to know someone, don't you want someone that was close to them to really, that's who that's going to tell you about if they're legit or not? Like if they're real or not? Like whenever people talk about like Jesus, like, well, do we really know if he's perfect, if a son of God, like all that stuff, it kind of sounds like a made up story. What group of friends makes up that story? Like what group of friends do we have that we'd be like, Ephraim, I know you. You're Jesus, dude. I go, we would never, because I know Ephraim, like, he's not Jesus, no, right? Like, who would do that if you're friend or family? Like, the mom would tell on him. As far as, like, no, my kid's not the son of God. I whipped that boy so many times. Like, a mom will tell you if you're, well, some moms might think their kids are the son of God, but that's a different story, right? But, but you're going to know from a mom, a brother definitely would tell, like, no, 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 that dude is not the son of God, right? Even the family members gave their lives to Jesus. His best friends gave their life to cause that, that they lost their life because of it. You're not going to lose your life for some farce. John, the reason I chose him is because um, he writes about the travels, the conversations, and the perspective of Jesus. Now, John's important because he's part of the inner circle. Peter, James, and John. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Jesus had best friends. Wasn't everybody his best friend? No. Jesus looked at certain people and be like, you're a cool dude, but you're not in my inner circle. Even Jesus did that. And he picked three. And these guys uh, experienced more things than the other disciples. Like there's this one where he would draw away to, uh, to pray and uh, he only invited those three. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's about to die, what does he do? Does he invite all his disciples for a party? No. He says, some of you stay away. I just want these three. And those were the guys that were uh, around him. Um, certain miracles, Jesus would only draw those three in. He saved this one guy's uh, kid, Jairus, and he only asked those three disciples, Peter, James, and John. So if someone's going to know Jesus intimately, Peter, James, and John. And of those three, only John wrote a biography on the life of Jesus. So he was one of his best friends. In fact, 
When you read John a few times, we're going to see where he says uh, the beloved disciple or one of the loved disciples. That's John describing himself. He thought pretty highly of himself. And I'm sure that each one of the disciples used the Gospels to kind of prop themselves up as far as like, this guy was really the loved one. And he actually describes himself in that way. And that's why I like the Bibles because you see the personality. Yeah, it's the word of God, but you see the personality of the people writing it. And even John's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm probably his best friend. And he might be right. I don't know if you guys remember when Jesus on the cross, he looked at his mom and who was beside his mom? John. And he goes, she was my mom now this is your son, this is your mom, and John would actually take care of Jesus' mom from then on. That's a lot of trust when the Son of God looks at you saying, you take care of mama. It's like, that's some pressure, right? So John was very trusted. Um, he only shared the best stories, which is crazy. Today, I'm not going to start in John chapter 1. I'm actually going to start at the end of John to explain why we're going through this. In John 21, 25, the last chapter of John, he says this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. If you understand that John is just like an Instagram, these little posts, it's not even the whole story. Jesus did so many things, there wasn't enough time to write it down. So we're kind of getting like Jesus' greatest hits. Or in another way, what John's doing is saying, if I'm going to summarize everything that Jesus was about, it's going to be in this book. And that's what we get to go through. The best and the most important things that God wants us to know is in the book of John. In John chapter 20, I'm trying to do this with that, but John chapter 20, verse 30 through 31 says this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, why? Why did, why did John write this? Why are we going through the book of John? He says, this is, this is my thesis right here. This is why I did it. This is why we're taking time to read it, to listen to it, to go through it. Um, he says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. If you have a pen or pencil, um, Messiah just means Savior sent one to save. So he wrote this, that we may believe that Jesus is truly a savior. And one of the things we're gonna be talking about is if Jesus is a savior, that means we need saving. And if we need saving, that means we're in danger. And I know today it's not popular to talk about danger. It's like, oh, come on, man. The church just got back together. Don't talk about danger. Don't talk about those things. Let's keep it all happy. What's happier than knowing that you're about to go off a waterfall and someone tells you like, hey, you might want to get out of the water, you're going to go off a waterfall. Like, wouldn't you be stoked? Like, thank you. Or would you be like, shut your mouth. There's no waterfall, you idiot. And just keep going down. You wouldn't be mad. Like when people talk about like, don't talk about, you know, the difficult things of the Bible. That's really good that someone's saying like, hey, you don't have to die. You don't have to live just 50, 60, 70 years. You don't, you can actually live for, that's good news. That's why it's called the gospel of John. Gospel means good news. So he's saying, listen, we have good news. I want you to believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, does anybody have the word there? Life. That you may have life in his name. Circle, underline, draw some blood, highlight it, however hardcore you want to go. Life. Life. Zoe is the Greek word. Why some people name their kids Zoe. It's a cool word, right? Those of you that might be getting pregnant or pregnant, Zoe means life. It's a cool name. It's original. That you may have life. 
So what's he indicating? Why did John write this book? Because without Jesus, you don't have life. Without God, you don't have life. You might be alive, but you're not living. That's why we're going through John. John shows us life, real life, what really matters in life and how to not just be alive, but to truly live. John chapter 10, Jesus says this, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and he will find pasture or he will find relief. He will find comfort. But then he goes, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and what? And have it abundantly or something that your Bible say fully. Jesus is saying why he came. I came that, that you may have life and have it abundantly. Who doesn't want an abundant life? Who doesn't want a full life? Isn't what, that's what everyone's searching for. We're searching and we, we find it maybe through education. We find, maybe find it through relationships, right? We try to find life. Some people find it through drugs. Some people find it through entertainment. We're trying to find something that fulfills me. So I get into a sports team and football starting and that gives me life. And when my team wins, it makes me happy. Even though that team never sends me a check, never tells, you know, never does anything for me, but I'm happy for them. And I give my life and money to men running around in tights holding a ball. And I get posters of them and and what happens is that sustains me for a little while until they lose. Then I have, don't have life, right? We put our life into then politics and what they're saying is true and, and my side and their side. And that'll give me life. And if we have a certain construct of human government, because it's not people that's the problem, it's the construct of government, right? We just need the right government realizing, but we're the wrong people. And that men and women screw up any kind of structure. Give me a democracy, give me a king, give me whatever you want. Have you noticed in history? We just screw it all up. Maybe it's not the structure, maybe it's the people, maybe it's the people because we don't have life. And maybe the best leader we need is Jesus and not a man or a woman. He came to give life abundantly. I got an amen, that's my first amen. Can we clap for the amen? Thank you, John, I appreciate that. The first amen at the new campus. <laughs> How cool is that? Check this out. When you read the book of John, when we engage, when we discuss it, when we wrestle with this, you're going to find life abundantly. God wants to give you an abundant, full, good life. That draws me to the scriptures. That draws me to read. It draws me to listen. It draws me because we're all looking for an abundant life. And God says, I have it for you. Now, what is an abundant life? This is what we're going to read. I'm giving you what a lot of the passages we're going to go through are about. The two main descriptions of life that Jesus cares about is this. Life is abundant when you realize that it's endless. First of all, what God would say is, if you think this is all there is, you cannot have a fulfilling life. If you're living just for these years today with no perspective of eternity, you can't have an abundant life. Because death naturally stresses everyone out. And I've been there a lot of times with people, too many, before they end this life. And I've seen ones that are Christians and I've seen ones that aren't. And those are two different ways of passing from this life to the next. One is the unknown and the other knows. But also imagine the Bible is going to call us to live in light of eternity. What if you are married in light of eternity? What if you raise your kids in light of eternity? What if we went to your job in light of eternity? What if you looked at other people realizing that for eternity they can either be with God or separated from God? Does that change your heart, your desires? 
what really matters when you're hanging out with people. So he would say an abundant life is one that's an endless life. But the other thing he's going to talk about is that an abundant life is one that has purpose. You're going to see this over and over. That has meaning. It has purpose. You don't come up with your own purpose. That God actually gives you a purpose. And that's why we're going to go through John. How does he give us life? He gives us purpose for this life, but he also gives us perspective of the next life. Does that make sense? This is why we're going through John. I think this will transform us as a church when we don't just live for today, but we live for forever. But we also have purpose for today beyond bills, kids, cars, things, retirement. What am I doing? Where's my weight at? What did that person think of me? Oh my God, how am I going to handle that? What's going to happen there? What's going on tomorrow? Who's going to win the election? What am I doing with schools? That we actually live beyond that. It doesn't mean we don't think about it, but we live beyond that. We're going to see the different descriptions of Jesus and how he impacts our life. We're going to see throughout John that Jesus calls himself the light. What does light do? Light gives clarity. Without Jesus, you're living in darkness. And some of you might be like, I'm not living in darkness. How dare you call me? No, no, but you can't see clearly. If you can't see God, you can't see clearly. Jesus says, I am the light. He also says, I am bread. What does bread do? Well, back then, it gave energy. If you didn't have bread, that wasn't good. So he's the energy of life. Some of us lack energy for life, right? All it takes is a storm to come through and we're done. Curl me up in bed, I'm over. Let me watch Netflix for 24 hours. I've got no energy, right? Because my business didn't go the way I wanted it. That relationship didn't turn out the way I wanted it. My kid's not doing what they want. My bills aren't what they want. All those kinds of things. And here's what we do is then we feed on the food of the world rather than the bread of life. And the food of the world, it's like a sugar rush. You feel good for a few minutes, but there's always a downside of it, right? Where the bread sustains you, it's filling. It fills you up. It gives you true energy. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. So we're going to look at how in life Jesus gives us clarity. Jesus gives us energy. He also says that Jesus is the shepherd, which means that in life Jesus gives us guidance and protection. A shepherd protected and guide the sheep. He took the sheep from one pasture to the other. Without the shepherd, sheep just wander around. They don't know where to go. I don't know if you guys know this, but they're the dumbest animals on the planet. I know some of you might have a dog or a cat that you think is dumb. They're dumber than that, right? They are the dumbest. And so they need a shepherd. Now, God is saying something about us, too. Any of you that think you're intellectual, God just kind of labeled you. And we'll, we'll unpack that in the weeks to come. But when God looks at our intellect, the smartest person, he goes, you're as bright as sheep. And sheep need protection. They need guidance. If you really want to find life, find purpose, we find protection and guidance through Jesus. He's our shepherd. He's the light, the bread. He also says that he is the vine and we are the branches. What does that mean? That means to be fruitful in life, to really be fruitful, where you have a life that produces something, that it's through Jesus. Jesus will provide you fruit in your business, in your relationships, in your future, true fruit that never dies. So all these descriptions, in fact, Jesus says in John um, 11, 25, he says, I'm not just these things, but I'm also, Jesus says, 11:25. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So he is truly our, also our savior. And his death and resurrection gives us hope that when we die, we resurrect. Without Jesus, there is no hope of a resurrection. And I know everybody, I've done memorial services for people of all different faiths. And it's always interesting how everybody believes the same thing, no matter who that person was. And I've done memorial services for some really bad people. It's part of being a pastor. You got to go, you got to love. I've been a part of memorial services where not one good thing was said. Not one good thing. 
literally as part of one, there were seven people there. At the end of this man's life, seven people showed up. And they were like, well, you know, he ran that one business and did pretty good for himself. Good luck, Larry, in the next life, you know. But as bad as this guy was, you know, everyone said, we'll see, you know, he's up there and now he's all bad. How do you know that? Without God, how do you know that there's just nothing? Or it's bad on the side, you don't. But Jesus shows us, no, when I die and rise again, that gives you hope. It says that he is the resurrection. Without Jesus, we don't know what the afterlife brings. And finally, Jesus says this about himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here's what's important, the most important word in that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What's the most important word in, that I just said in those? This is when we interact, by the way. This is why we have a live audience. Otherwise, I'd just film at home. Way close. What? I? No, but that is a good one. That's my family. My family's giving me feedback right now. I'm going to get heat for that later. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah, say what? Here's the key. Here's the key. The. Not a, it's the. He's not a way. Well, yeah, I can take Jesus or leave him. It's not. In the end, we all get there. Jesus says, listen, this is why going through the book of John is important. I am the way. I am the truth. There's all kinds of truth, Brian. I learned that in college. Mm-mm, your professor was wrong. There's truth and there's false. I am the way. I am the truth. And here's the thing. I am the life, which means apart from Jesus, I, I'm alive, but I don't truly have life. I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I'm, we're at church that's open, right? Is that, are we? No? Okay. All right. Maybe. <sighs> so there's an interview with Miley Cyrus, and I watched it. And she's a wrecking ball. She is a definitely a wrecking ball. Um, but it was, here's the manly part of it. It was through Joe Rogan experience, which is very manly to watch. All right. So it was Joe Rogan. He interviewed Miley Cyrus. And at first I was like, do I really want to watch this? I mean, eh. Or do my mom? Yeah, there's a lot of things there. But I was like, my wife walks in. What are you watching, Miley Cyrus? Um, very interesting, though. And we think we know people, right? You think you know stars or what they're like, and Miley's this and Miley's that. What I like about Joe Rogan is when you really get to know people up close and personal. So the fact, like Bernie Sanders, he interviewed him, and our views are probably much different on life in a lot of ways, but it's very interesting about where he came from, where he got his views. Like, it was, it was insightful, like, oh, okay, kind of humanized them a little bit, which we probably need to do more in a culture with people we disagree with, right? We demonize rather than humanize. And uh, Miley Cyrus is really interesting because you kind of see her as a wild child and crazy and, yeah, do whatever, I'm a rebel, hardcore, and, and all that. You know, I'm a woman, yeah, women, all that. And then she interviews her, and she, you see that she's fragile. She says, I'm constantly racked. This, in the, in, watch the interview. I'm constantly racked by guilt and shame. So where does she go? She goes to men for that. She goes to women for that. She's looking for anything, drugs, shrooms, everything. And you see a woman that's constantly searching and looking, and I just want to yell at the thing like, Jesus has my, truly Miley, Jesus has what you need. You saw a woman that was um, trying to find herself in different ways, and she said, that's why I did all the sexual stuff. She goes, even the, you know, because some of you are like, isn't she the twerking girl and all that kind of stuff? Even that was like a phase where she's like, I'm trying to find myself. Like, who am I? And what are the boundaries and all that kind of stuff? And you saw that that's not even truly her on stage. A woman that's searching for it, so, so fragile, and we tend to look up to our superstars, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh, it's like I was watching a little girl just crying out. Here's what was interesting. At the very end of the interview, they talked about demons. And Joe Rogan said, we're all trying to purge demons that constantly go after us. 
We're going to read about this in John. We're going to be reading about people that were demonized. And for someone it's like, oh, man, here we go, talking about the... But even people who aren't Christians realize there's something evil that lurks. And there's something evil that can try to enter and really influence us. And even Miley Cyrus is like, and those are the demons through counseling. She's in constant counseling, by the way. Can't get away from it because she's trying to purge the demons. You guys, this is why we're going through John. Whether it's Miley Cyrus or you, everybody needs Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we might try to put on a little role that acts like I'm okay, whether it's a superstar on stage or whether it's us in life. But everyone's the same. And only Jesus can purge the demons. Only Jesus can show the way for you. Only Jesus knows the future. No leader knows the future. No politician knows the future. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen? Nobody knows but Jesus because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope from this, it engages you in the gospel of John. Read the book of John. Listen to the book of John. Discuss it in connection groups because this as a church is where we will find our way because he is the way. So that's where we're going. Encourage you to join us on that journey. I'm glad that you're with us. And I hope this really inspires you to really draw up close and personal with Jesus. Get your assumptions to the side of what you think about God, what you think about yourself. And let's get up close and personal and really see what Jesus has to say. Because here's the thing. Some of us have been Christians for a while. We're like, ah, oh, man, I've read, I've read this book before. I've been to church before. Maybe you've heard things, but you haven't truly listened. And maybe you have perceptions about God that have influenced your life. And maybe some of you think you're walking close with God, but you're nowhere near him. And maybe some of you feel so far from God and what you don't realize is you're right there next to him. So we're going to get up close and personal over the next few months. I can sense the kids right now running around. We need to wrap this up. So we're going we're gonna to have some more worship and let them just go wild and have a good time. We have communion in the back and it's all packaged up, COVID proof and all that kind of stuff. But we don't want us to keep it from, here's what communion is. And I want to encourage you with this. If you have not given your life to Jesus. You're like, I'm a fan of his, but I don't want to follow. Communion is probably not the right thing. The Bible would say, please don't take it. it. It's actually, being religious is not something God's into. Like, oh, I'm around Christians. I'm going to be, God's like, it does nothing. You're just playing a game. But if you're looking at this and saying, I want to lay my life down. I want to rise up and have a new life in him. Communion's for you because the Bible says your sins are forgiven. And every time you take communion, you remember that Jesus is the one who saved you. You didn't save yourself. Jesus is the one that gives you life. You don't give life to yourself. Jesus is the one who makes your life fruitful. You don't make your life fruitful. That's what communion is. So you can take that with your family. You can pray together or with friends or if you want to do it by yourself and just kind of be contemplative. And if some of you are worried, like, what do other people think? Then you're already off because it doesn't matter. It matters what Jesus thinks. So you can take communion during worship. And uh, otherwise, we're just going to kind of bathe in this. So Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to draw close to you thank you for this opportunity for us to draw close to each other as we gather back together um god in the midst of this i want to ask practically that you keep us safe like physically safe as we gather back together and so we pray for your protection but most of all god i pray that that spiritually you'd keep us safe some of us we're trying to purge the demons god and we're afraid to to share that with people some of us are completely unfruitful and we're feeling down and out because we're looking for fruit in our own lives rather than through you. Some of us, we're trying to find our way. We're confused just like Miley Cyrus. And you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that anchors us today. And so we worship you, not as a God who's thousands of miles away, but as a God who is here with us, who has walked amongst us, and who knows what it's like to be human. 
what it's like to be tormented. You know what it's like to be abandoned. You know what it's like to be frustrated. You know what it's like to fail. You know what it's like to all these things you know, and you rose above it. You went beyond it, and you give us a pathway, Lord, to truly live life. And so because of that, we worship you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.